Hi and welcome to Oakwall Church's 21 Days in Philippians and Prayer. This is day seven. I'm going to be talking on Philippians 1, 27 to 30. Have you ever had somebody tell you not to do something only for them to go and do it themselves? They lose all credibility. You're probably cautious of believing anything they say in the future and you may even brand them as a hypocrite. In these verses in the letters to the Philippians, Paul is encouraging the church in Philippi to be true to the words they preach. Not just talk the talk, but to walk the walk. And there's a good reason for it. He instructs them to conduct themselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. To stand firm in one spirit, contending as one person for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose them. We know that Philippi was a Roman colony. We've been told that the city was full of some of the toughest men in the Roman army. They were patriots and zealots for Rome. They believed that Caesar himself was God and they worshipped him. And these were some of the people who opposed the Christians in Philippi, the Christians who contended that Caesar was a mere man and that Jesus was the only true God by which you could be saved. Christians that were no physical match for an experienced Roman soldier who'd been trained to be a ruthless killer. Christians who should have been terrified to speak the gospel in this city. So why does Paul tell them that their fearless stand for the gospel of Christ will be a sign to those who oppose them that they will be destroyed, but they, the Christians, will be saved, and that by God? Do you see this? If the church in Philippi followed Paul's instructions, then the Romans and other unbelievers would be led to question what is going on. This does not seem right. Why aren't these Christians frightened of ruthless soldiers? Why do they hang on to this belief that Jesus is the only way to salvation? makes no sense unless their message is true unless the one true God is really behind them and they would see the evidence they would see supernatural courage they would see a united people that preach a counter-cultural message about loving their neighbor no matter how they persecute you and they would see them doing exactly what they preach they don't just preach empty words and then do the opposite they talk the talk and they walk the walk their conduct would match their words And if this God was the true God, then this really was a sign that they would be destroyed, that they would be judged and sentenced to eternal condemnation, but that if they believed, they would be saved. Furthermore, these Christians were suffering for Christ. Look at the next few lines Paul tells them. For this has been granted by Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him, since you are now going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. This is not just suffering because of an illness or the loss of a loved one. This is suffering for Christ, for his divine purpose of bringing salvation. And this makes the unbelievers in Philippi think. You see, the evidence of the witness in the Christians' lives is just too strong to ignore. They don't abandon their message at the first trial of trouble. They remain joyful, living out the gospel. And so the unbelievers ask the question that every Christian longs to be asked. What is the reason for your hope? This is conduct evangelism, your actions matching your words. You have to speak the gospel, but you also have to live it. Paul was instructing the Philippians to live out the gospel for Christ, for the glory of God, for the salvation of the people in Philippi. This was the purpose. Their, our conduct can either win people to Christ or can turn them away. So my final words are these. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ in all circumstances. And people may ask you this glorious question. What is the reason for your hope?
Thank you.